0: Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. The opponent preview series heads out west with the L.A. Charger. EA and I talked about the Chargers with both of their team reporters, Haley Elwood and Chris Harry. They joined the pod and you'll hear from them. And EA, it feels like this Chargers team is extremely talented on paper, yet obviously they didn't make the playoffs last year. And they lose Phillip Rivers, but depending upon how either Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert play, this team has the pieces, it seems, to make a playoff push in 2020. Well, they got an awfully difficult
1: division. It kind of feels like the Jets position for the last two decades where the New England Patriots were always there. And I'm not saying the Kansas City Chiefs have had that kind of run so far, but you... Easily could make the argument right now that Patrick Mahomes is the top player in the National Football League. He was just a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, He's a fantastic player, and the Chiefs are sitting there in your division. So that is a tough task for Anthony Lynn and company. I like what they look like on paper, but they have a major question mark, Ethan, considering that Philip Rivers was there for so long. And he was such a big presence on that team and inside that organization. And how do you make that transition? Because as you know, you need that stability at the quarterback position. And I know for a fact that Anthony Lynn likes to Rod Taylor a lot and he has success with him with the Buffalo Bills. But you just took Justin Herbert there in the top 10 and the question mark is always going to be. Off the bat, any time you have a sign of turbulence is when you get, when are you going to give the keys to the Oregon product and let him handle the offense?
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Even if Tyrod Taylor starts the season in mean, what the jets play the chargers in week six, right? Yeah. So is that if things are off to a shaky start with Taylor under center in this hypothetical scenario is week six about the time where Justin Herbert might get the keys to the offense. I don't know. I think it'll just be a very fascinating storyline. Obviously you drafted Herbert in the top 10 for a reason and we'll see how it plays out, but maybe it's just me EA, but what I think of to Taylor in recent years in terms of how the Jets have fared against him. I think they've done a pretty good job. I mean, I think of the jets dance to anything game when he was in Buffalo a couple of years ago, and then the first half of the Browns game before Baker Mayfield made his debut. I mean, the jets were making life miserable for Taylor in both of those games. And I'm not saying that Taylor is a bad player because I think he's a good player. And Anthony Lynn is to your point has done good things with him. But I think that the jets have kind of had his number recently. And I know that's kind of unrelated to what we're talking about, but I think that the pieces around Terod Taylor or Justin Herbert will definitely make life a little easier with a guy like Keenan Allen a do it all back and Austin Eckler and Mike Williams, who was a top 10 pick a couple of years ago and is just a big body receiver where he can jump up and he can come down with almost anything. Yeah, and the Chargers have a quality tight end as well. Uh, it,
1: the offensive line, they did some things in the offseason here, bringing in Brian Balaga, the former Green Bay Packer. They made the trade for Trey Turner, but Russell Okong was the other side of that deal. So what are the Chargers going to look like in Okung's absence? Meaning who's going to fill that void at the tackle position where... They seemingly have solidified the right side of the line where maybe people are going to question where is this team going to be at offensively on the left side of the offensive line. I think that that offense is going to look completely different because... Philip Rivers, while good presence in the pocket, no doubt about that, shuffle his feet from time to time, you'd see him talk. Not a speedster by any means. Uh, both these guys and Teller and Herbert, much more mobile threats. So I think the offense will look vastly different in 2020. But you're right. The Jets have had a lot of success against Teller. Taylor. Teller's a kind of low-risk player, okay, whereas – he does not turn the football over, but at the same time, is he threatening you all the time down the field or is he taking the much safer, safer play, which a lot of times is the right play. But with that being said, I think that's why the turnovers have been so down for him is he's a risk averse player, but you have to give him credit for protecting the football.
0: Yeah, I think Justin Herbert is very similar. I mean, this past season for the Oregon Ducks, 32 touchdowns, just six interceptions. And let's hear from Haley Elwood and Chris Harry, the Chargers team reporters, and hear what they have to say about this L.A. team. What is going on out in L.A. under center? Obviously, you have Terod Taylor out there. The team drafts Justin Herbert. What has head coach Anthony Lynn said about the signal caller position?
2: So I think at this point they have complete faith in Tyrod Taylor and you look, he's a guy obviously who has familiarity with Chargers head coach, Anthony Lynn. You guys obviously know him well from the time he spent in the AFC East. And I think personally, just given this kind of new environment that we're in, it's extremely helpful to have that veteran presence. Tyrod's been in this offense for a year, You obviously draft Justin Herbert very high, you know, to be the quarterback essentially for the future. But given this virtual offseason that we've been in, given the sort of uncertainty of potentially what's to come, I think it bodes well, though, to have that veteran like Tyrod Taylor and not have to put all your eggs in a rookie's basket at this point.
1: Chris, new era of Chargers football. That's what Tom Telesco is saying. New uniforms, new stadium. And a new football team. What should Chargers fans be expecting from this group as they're kind of undergoing a period of transition right now? You know, they are, but but I think what this team is looking for is to
3: replicate what they did two years ago because there's a lot of the same players on both sides of the football. Obviously Phillip Rivers, uh, the biggest piece that is not with the team, but you go back to 2018 when they won 12 games EA this defense. And I think the biggest thing that hurt this team last year was obviously the turnovers and then taking the football back on defense. They weren't able to do that. They weren't able to generate turnovers. When you have a guy like Derwin James healthy for all 16 games, I know that's what everybody's hoping for this year. uh, You felt his presence towards the end of last year, the season was kind of lost, but you did feel the energy that Derwin provided his rookie season. Uh, So with all these, free agent additions. Uh, I talk about Chris Harris, Jr. Linval Joseph uh, on the offensive side of the ball, the right side of that line, getting revamped with Brian Bulaga and Trey Turner. Uh, Couple that with all the guys that they are bringing back um, and the draft, you know, Haley mentioned Justin Herbert, but how about Kenneth Murray, the the linebacker drafted number 23 overall. Now on each level of your defense, you have a, a blue chip caliber player. When you talk about Joey Bosa, Kenneth Murray, and derwin james so uh, i think this chargers team is excited about where they're at right now and they're looking to replicate
0: what they did in 2018 not last season haley just going off of what chris said it definitely seems like this team on paper has a lot of talent on both sides of the ball what needs to happen for them to execute. Is it a, is it something with the coaching? Like what happened last year compared to two years ago that the Chargers didn't make it in the postseason dance?
2: Well, I think to kind of just piggyback off of what Chris said, 2019, it was the year of the takeaways. It was that the team gave the ball away too much, but didn't take it away enough. And I think when you add playmakers like Chris Harris Jr., you add guys to the secondary, you add guys to the defense who can force pressure, maybe make takeaways, that will help. I think ultimately, though, it, it does come down to just kind of piecing it all together. Together And making sure it all fits together. This is a team that has an incredible amount of players, pro bowl players, all pro players, players who are amazing at their positions and what they do, but it's just kind of making sure it all gels and just fine tuning little things. You look at one unit specifically, and that was the offensive line that had a lot of players, young players step up last year due to either injuries or whatnot. And in the offseason, Tom Telesco said, you know, that's a priority, reshaping that is a priority. And that is something that they did. It's not the sexiest position. We know that, but when you're not talking about offensive linemen, that's a good thing. But you bring in a guy like James Campen who had success with the green Bay Packers to coach that unit. You add Brian Balaga, like Chris said, you add Trey Turner to sort of reinforce that right side. And you make those changes up front to sort of ultimately help the run game and also help the quarterback as well.
1: Chris, Anthony Lynn is one of my favorite people in the National Football League. A great man, a very good football coach. I liked what he did with Tyrod Taylor when he was calling the plays with the Buffalo Bills. How different will this offense operate now with Philip Rivers, who, in my book, a future Hall of Famer, but not the most mobile guy in the world at this point of his career. And now you bring in... Tyrod Taylor. And by the way, if you ever go to Justin Herbert, he can move as well.
3: He can. And that's what I think is, is most exciting about this new look chargers offense is they're going to be able to do some things that they didn't do with Philip. I just did a little film session with uh, Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator. And one of the the common themes in the quarterback's room, when you got Tyrod Easton stick and Justin Herbert, they're all very mobile. So they, they pose a, a threat that uh, a quarterback that just kind of stands in the pocket is not going to provide. And to, to piggyback off the turnover thing, Tyrod doesn't turn the football over. Uh, That's been kind of his his trademark is he is not, turn the football over throughout his NFL career. So I'm excited to see what this offense looks like. You mentioned James Camp coming in uh, the running game is going to look probably a little bit different too. Austin Eckler back there, Justin Jackson, if he can stay healthy, he showed uh, really awesome flashes uh, early in his career. And then Joshua Kelly from UCLA, uh, someone who can
0: kind of try to replicate that Melvin Gordon role. Uh, I think that's a big deal for the chargers. Haley, I just want to piggyback off of what Chris said. What can you tell us about this Chargers backfield that doesn't have Melvin Gordon anymore, but Austin Eckler, clearly the feature back there and who potentially is, let's say like the X factor of this Chargers offense. We think about guys like Keenan Allen, but maybe who's someone that's not in the national spotlight.
2: Gosh, it's so hard to kind of pinpoint, but I think honestly, I'm going to say Austin Eckler. I mean, he is the feature back at this point. And I think he's obviously, you know, look, he got the new contract. People know him, but I still think he almost in a weird way flies under the radar just a little bit with what he's able to do also in the past game. But with that backfield, you have Justin Jackson, you add Joshua Kelly running back out of UCLA. I think it's going to be a really, really interesting tandem. And honestly, also just again, what Eckler brings to this offense is so dynamic again on the ground through the air and I think he will be just a great asset as well as he's done look he was an undrafted free agent just a few years ago but as well as he's done he will only continue to grow and get better and move forward as this offense progresses as well
1: Chris you mentioned Chris Harris and also Linville Joseph but Kenneth Murray I think it surprised a lot of people that the Chargers moved back at the end of the first round to pick him up out of Oklahoma. What is he going to provide the defense that maybe they were missing? Because you're right. In years past, you talk about the athleticism, and especially back there in the defensive backfield with a guy like Derwin uh, Derwin James. But what is he going to add to the entire defense in Murray, a guy kind of running space linebacker?
3: Well, well, I think a lot. I think it's kind of a, a two-tier question because I do believe that he's going to make an immediate impact. And obviously with all these virtual offseason programs, uh, it, it's going to be tough for rookies to really cement themselves in year one. But I think Kenneth Murray is kind of the exception to the rule here. Extremely smart guy. Coach Lynn said he had a man crush on Kenneth Murray. He said that they they had a, an amazing interview at the Combine. And he made a point to to talk to Tom and get back into the first round to get Kenneth uh he's one of those players that down the line he's going to be the leader of your defense right now i think he he has the capability of kind of spearheading that uh that linebacking group uh and then another guy drew trankel that we don't talk about too much really came on towards the end of last year uh the young linebacking group of the chargers uh, they're going to be a very impressive bunch in a few years but you talk about that run hit linebacker ea uh Kenneth Murray is going to make an impact in Gus Bradley's defense. I believe in year one
0: is drew tranquil. The player that Daniel Jeremiah said he believes is a future pro bowler, or am I making that up? I'm yeah, check he that did.
3: Well, I, I, I talked to DJ a couple of weeks ago and he said, no one in the country is talking about drew tranquil right now. And Haley can attest to this. We saw him in week one block a punt against the Colts. Um, he was a uh, stalwart on special teams and he slowly, Edged his way into the starting lineup towards the end of the year. There were some injuries um, and he made the most of it. So uh, I'm looking at at a guy like Drew Tranquil to be uh, a three down player, really maybe a four down player. When you talk about special teams in year two.
1: Haley, how about the edges of that Chargers defense? Is it as simple as if this team can be successful, stopping the run, they're going to be successful because those guys can get after the quarterback as well as anybody in this league.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I think when you look at the AFC West, almost every team has an incredible pair of edge rushers. I think for the chargers, that tandem of, of Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, it's incredible. And when they work together, I mean, pick your poison, right? Like that's essentially what it is, but that's the key to the six to success to having success against a very potent offense is being able to force that pressure, but those two guys, they can get after it. And like Chris said, they added some other pieces, especially to, uh, to the D line as well, like Linval Joseph. He's another guy, huge veteran presence, obviously more inside, but, but it'll be interesting to see what they can do again, just working together another year together in this defense, but really getting after it.
0: Chris, the Jets have their own very talented safety in Jamal Adams, but Derwin James, another young ascending safety. It's going to be fun to watch those two guys on the field in the same day, not at the same time, obviously, because they both play defense. But what does Derwin James add to this Chargers defense? And what did they miss when he was hurt last year?
3: Everything. And it's it's.
0: It's funny to say that
3: as a rookie, but you felt his presence, his rookie season, as soon as he stepped onto the football field, uh, he brought an energy and enthusiasm to the defense. that, frankly, they were lacking last year. He got hurt right in front of Haley and myself in, in training camp. Um, I believe he's returning interception against the joint practice against the Saints. And when he left the lineup, obviously the, the defense was built around Derwin, uh, the ability for Derwin to do so many different things on the field. He's almost like a positionless player. So you add that plus the leadership and the energy and the enthusiasm that he brings to the defense, um, a healthy Derwin James means that this chargers defense is going to be humming on all cylinders because you talk about Casey Hayward, Chris Harris, Jr. These are guys who could take the football away too. So, so the Russian cover, they work together with both Ingram. Derwin James was the missing link last year.
1: Haley, how important is culture going to be this season in terms of the Chargers? This is an organization that has been synonymous with Philip Rivers for a long time. May, uh, now they're making the switch, but you do have a very strong leader in charge and Anthony Lynn, who's handled so many different things over the course of his coaching career.
2: Oh, the culture I think will translate seamlessly. And again, he, you know, if you say Tyrod Taylor's the starting quarterback, he has that familiarity with coach Lynn and players trust coach Lynn. They trusted him after that first season, they started zero and four and then got to nine and seven narrowly missed out on the playoffs, made the playoffs in 2018. He helped kind of guide them weather the storm through 2019. He is such an incredible leader and the leadership that he brings is great. And he's talked a lot a bit about a lot about recently, you know, it's hard in this virtual landscape to cultivate a culture in that sense. But a lot of the position coaches have talked about the meetings that they've had with players just kind of start out with talking. Guys are just kind of talking, catching up, getting to sort of know each other one-on-one or in group settings. And that helps right now because that's really all you can do at this point. But if you can cultivate that now, Even virtually, it'll pay dividends in the fall. All
1: right. Last question for me is: What do we have to look out for as far as the new stadium is concerned (laughs) in in the fall? (laughs) What give us a preview of what to expect?
3: Yeah, it's it's a palace first and foremost. And uh, it's one of those places I've talked to so many people throughout the off season. You're going to have to go a few different times to really see all the bells and whistles and everything it has to offer. Um, But to to see it being built, and we've been seeing it built over the last few years, to see it kind of come to its conclusion here, it's really exciting because Obviously, we're going to look forward to Chargers football, but this is going to house so many different events: the Olympics, um, uh, national championships. It's really going to be a hub for for sports in Los Angeles. And then you had the storylines when the Jets come to town. Sam Darnold, it's a homecoming for him. You Chenanuoso on the other side is his former teammate at USC. I always look for those fun storylines. So you know, I think uh, when when the Jets come to town, obviously it's going to be a, a, a thing where it means a great deal to both teams. Those AFC. Uh, Games is such a a big deal in terms of getting playoff positioning. So we're looking forward to, to hosting the Jets.
0: EA, after talking to both Haley and Chris, I think what stands out to me is the talent that the Chargers have on defense. And if you're game planning against this unit, I figure as of right now, you might have to target the linebackers, even though they did just add Kenneth Murray, but it feels like their linebacking core might be the weak link of the bunch. I don't know if you agree with that. And maybe the interior defensive line, but they did just sign Linvald Joseph. So I, I don't know. I feel like it's it's hard to figure out how you attack this Chargers defense that has two great pass rushers, a very good secondary. It just feels like the the linebackers might be the wing the weak link there.
1: Yeah, the Chargers need immediate contributions from those free agent pickups. Uh, Chris Harris in the defensive backfield, the veteran cornerback, and you just mentioned Lindvold Joseph. Because what you want to do is obviously free up those guys on the exterior, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. And the Chargers sack totals weren't there overall last year. Uh, yeah, I do think you got to put some stress on those linebackers. And while the Chargers do feel mighty good about Kenneth Murray, he is going to be in his first season. I'll tell you what, this safety matchup, and you brought it up Derwin James, Jamal Adams, different players, but they both are safeties. They can make it a long day for the opposing offense, uh, opposing offenses. So that's going to be fun. Mutual respect there. I remember the Pro Bowl, uh, not this recent one, but going back following the 2018 season, and they spent some time together. Uh, Different body types, but both have the common trait that they can make it a long afternoon for you.
0: Yeah, I feel like, I feel like this is another unit that maybe doesn't get a whole lot of love, but Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram together. I mean, that, how do you, how do you even go about attacking or game planning against this Chargers defense? Because if you try to take away Joey Bosa, well now you're dealing with Melvin Ingram. If you, if you try to take away Melvin Ingram, now you're dealing with Joey Bosa and you factor factor that in with the Jets new look offensive line. I think maybe one of the benefits here is the Jets, will have tough tests prior to playing this team like Chandler Jones against the Arizona Cardinals like Nick Bosa and the rest of that 49ers defensive front in week 2 so hopefully that those weeks prior will help the Jets in this situation in week 6 see, it at at like on on.
1: Yeah, it feels like on and on, right? And then we go to week 4 we talked about Von Miller and Bradley Chubb uh You know, and Haley mentioned that, that the AFC West is loaded with guys on the outside who can get to the quarterback. Uh, And the names that immediately come to mind, uh, of course, are in Denver and with the L.A. Chargers. But, um, yeah, they do have talent. But this is a team to watch because that's a monstrous step in transition. Uh, when you take rivers away uh, because not a not a shot at the talent of teller or uh, the aforementioned justin herbert but he was such a big presence within that organization and i i have much respect for anthony lynn uh this team's going to be interesting to watch though uh, how are they going to respond to that? Because it's a lot different once you get to the field and, and it could hurt them very much. Here's another team that is going through, uh, you know, every team in the national football league, as we continue to say, is that they're not getting on the field in the spring. Well, if you're breaking in a new quarterback, whether he's veteran or not, you need as many reps as possible. So that could really hurt them early in the season.
0: Yeah. I will see what happens. And of course, The Jets have an advantage in that department with Sam Darnold being in his second year in Adam Gase's system. So we'll see what happens at SoFi Stadium. But that was another edition of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services, the opponent preview series, taking a trip to the Super Bowl champions next. We're talking Chiefs and Jets on next episode of the pod.